Hi, and welcome to Pele Network. This is the Pele Network Pelecast's podcast, Decentralizing Big Media with Pele Network. We have a bunch of different titles depending on what platform you're listening to this on because we have different streams of content depending on which platform we're using. So on YouTube, you'll hear most of the conversations that are taking place on the podcast here, but not all of them, such as this right now, which I'm recording. I am your host. My name is Jordan Herbs, also known as a wild Gorshan. And I am the guardian of growth at Pele Network. I am in charge of making sure the network continues to expand. And we have a pretty small team, as it were, but we are a growing community of people that just believe in the concept of a more decentralized media ecosystem in our world today, a more decentralized realm of storytelling. Storytelling is a really powerful, powerful tool of the human brain to learn, to survive, to move forward and progress and innovate. And we, we're telling stories all the time, even when we don't recognize it. And when we have big centralized profit motivated, influence motivated entities like Hollywood, like the mainstream media, like uh, newspapers, whatever you want to call it, when YouTube, Facebook, when you have these entities in control of narratives, then we're losing our power as human beings are the power that helps us grow and learn and be challenged and and also love and uh, feel compassion with one another. And so instead, lately, we really just see these powers that be uh, the media just dividing everyone. And so this has been something the Pele Network work team, including myself, our core group of contributors has been really passionate about for years. And when cryptocurrency came around, I never really cared about Bitcoin. And I said, okay, cool. Didn't really understand what it could mean for the world if we fixed our money supply. But I was really inspired by Ethereum, which enabled smart contracts. It enabled anyone to create a crowdfunding little smart contract using their own crypto token. You could just copy and paste it. And that's when I thought, oh, wow, this is bringing it home. This is how we can see blockchain stuff be used for for more everyday everyday uses. So ever since then, and that fateful day in 2016, I have been trying to figure out how to bring the concept of Pele Network to life, the vision of Pele Network. And it wasn't until earlier this year in 2021 that we finally launched a token we started re releasing NFTs and we started building the, the decentralized framework for an ecosystem that could support content creators, build communities using these decentralized tools. So there are some key differentiators here between what we're doing and what some other crypto projects are doing in terms of tokenizing creators or in terms of selling NFTs or fractionalizing NFTs. Pele Network's mission is to support the evolution of independent content creation by providing tools that bring communities together. Straight and simple, that's our mission. And those tools happen to be cryptographic assets that interact with digital media, whether that's 2D media like images and NFTs, or whether it's videos, or whether it's just creative collaboration in the form of 3D cartoons or songwriting. Our mission is to innovate and create the tools that help content creators anywhere build communities and from communities content creators can can make money can can generate livelihoods they can create attention they can bring awareness to certain causes whatever it might be so there's a key there's a 
people would say, okay, well, why don't I just start a YouTube channel? I can monetize my videos, get a bunch of views and I can make a bunch of money. Why don't I just do that? And there's right. That's a model that's worked well up until now. It's been very empowering for the average content creator or filmmaker, whatever it may be. But what's often overlooked in these arguments is that YouTube is taking about a third of all the advertising revenue that your video brings in. And on top of that, YouTube is taking all the data from your audience and harvesting it. It's completely invading their privacy. They're harvesting it to advertisers and to get to know everything about you. And all the internet is doing this really because the whole internet is run off this advertising model, which is just so, I guess, traditional in our world of, of capitalism or whatever you want to call it. So what we look at is a world that's beyond just trying to build profit. It's beyond a world where we're making content, just not only because we like doing it and not only because we need to make a living, but where the creative spirit and working together is sacred. And that's really what life is all about. Uh, and in this vision we have where we create content for fun and we're not worrying about how much money it's going to make. We're not worrying about the rules. We're not worrying about potential being censored by YouTube's rules. We are just having fun and it's actually generating rewards for us in, in real time. And we get to live that out. So that is more or less what focus on. So the tools we offer have to do with building community around media projects, not simply creators, but media projects themselves. Now we got started back in 2015, I would say officially. We began as a nonprofit, a 501c3 based in California called Perception Travel Incorporated. And first we were just a YouTube channel showcasing authentic and uplifting stories of people all over the world. And it was really fun. All those videos were mainly produced by me, but I did manage to bring some other people on board for a while. And what we learned was that there is a need for sharing local stories, authentic voices out there, because the world as we know it is just kind of smothered by this narrative of whatever the mainstream media and Hollywood and big money puts out. So what happens when the real world, the real people start sharing stories and the narratives of what's going on? These places that are, we're told, really poor starving, really unhappy. They don't have hot water, for example. Yet you go visit and these people are the happiest people you ever meet. They love each other. They support each other. And you wonder why we don't have this in our quote unquote civilized Western world. So that's what perception travel really explored. And it bridged into seeing how even in this quote unquote civilized Western world, there are factions of people that are trying to move back to a more community oriented living and supporting artists. And most of that happens through art, through music and food. So we pr produce media of low budget organizations all over the place and eventually sought to build web platforms to simplify the sharing of community voices. So in 2017, during the cryptocurrency bull run, we wrote a light paper that explored a decentralized media economy that uses different forms of cryptographic assets to get media made and get stuff done. Uh, nothing ever happened with it, but it was a good exploration into what could be done. And so inevitably, what this led to was a lack of funding 
and a destruction of all the available energy that someone like me had to offer this vision. Uh, charity does not make the world go round as much as we would like to believe it. And as much as we would like to believe people are charitable at heart. I do believe many, if not most people are charitable at heart, but it's extremely tough in today's world, especially when the issue of storytelling being dominated by these centralized uh, entities it's not very well known. There's not a lot of light and awareness on it. Uh, I do think a lot of the mainstream media is proving themselves to be completely incompetent, uh, especially thanks to this pandemic. But there still is a large amount of people that don't really question this. So, yeah, it's not really a problem that that could find funding, I guess you could say. It's ex extremely difficult in that realm to really make this work. So in 2019, I created a new brand and a new company to develop a media ecosystem. And so we garnered some financial support through friends and family uh, with uh, a little pitch deck that just basically explained how there's a big problem that media production needs innovating. In general, production is expensive, complicated, and time-consuming, and talent and resources are not always readily available in certain locations. PR teams uh, are still learning to recreate the authenticity sought by customers. Uh, and a regionally focused collaboration platform could drastically reduce cost, time, and the resources required for media production. And when you go into what it would mean to create a P2P, peer-to-peer -peer media ecosystem, which is a global directory of creatives, local freelancers, and production groups, each with skin in the game, uh, we, we could eventually transform how the media, how the narrative of our human species is shared. We could transform that narrative and compile it in a much more authentic manner using peer-to-peer -peer decentralized technologies. So this, this solution I present in, the, in Pele Network is a reputation-based platform that automates the production process to support clients in creating media from all realms, ideas and planning, to production and footage collection, to post-production audio special effects, and to secure file sharing. And it would create a fun little web of relationships between clients, users, creatives, and what we now call producers, or just average users that might want to participate in the tokenomics, or they might want to buy an NFT and maybe contribute an idea for a story, things like that. So that was the business model. And uh, when the lockdown started in 2020, we eventually were able to take it to the next level. And we built a proof of concept, which you can now see the beta of on uh, Pele.network, which is called the Pele Portal. And it's basically a place where you can upload your footage, uh, you can submit your ideas, and you can connect with creatives to make things happen. And it's got a lot of work to do on the user on the user interface side, but it is all functional and it is something I more or less am proud of. Uh, I'm not a software developer, so I've been in charge of managing a software development team and freelancers. It's not been easy. And I think uh, my skewed relationship with that is is manifest in the Pele portal. But it is all functional. It does work. And with time, it, we will iron out those kinks. So using the Pele portal, it has a has a utility token to use it. You have to use the Pele network token, which was launched uh, earlier this year yeah, over the summer in the northern hemisphere. We rebranded the whole the whole 
company, we launched a token, a white paper, and we opened the Pele portal to the public. We also got into the business of selling NFTs. And along the ways, we thought, hey, well, why would people want to buy an NFT or why would they not want to buy them? And we thought, hey, what if we make these NFTs interactive? So if you have an NFT, you can have access to our storytelling team. So you have access to, to the Pele Portal talent to turn your NFTs into a story. Because, hey, if you make a cool piece of art with your NFT, maybe you're going to bring more value to your NFT and you can resell it for, for more. So we thought, hey, what an inclusive way to build community, to raise funds, uh, things of that nature. So we got into the NFT space and inspired by that, we've started a, a web series called Enter the Pelliverse. Well, I, I say started. We're in pre-production. It somehow went from a 2D cartoon, which you can see the teaser for on our website, Pele.network. And it now is a 3D world that is being modeled. And uh, it's got a whole galaxy multiverse of of guidelines, of rules, of villains, of how energy works and how uh, species operate. <laughs> and it's it's actually super crazy how the whole thing has evolved and it's attracted uh, a lot of people as well. So we are trying to exemplify the tools that Pele Network is trying to put out there using our little projects. So most of these tools are not ready yet. The first, the first one is uh, the NFT Storyteller which you can find on plvrs.online. PLVRS is the Pelliverse. And the NFT storyteller, you could essentially drag an NFT that you own. You can really just drag any image, but ideally you're dragging your own NFTs and you can just kind of, it's a little canvas board, a post-it board. You can jot ideas down. You can put a little speech bubble in there and you can just say, uh, Hey, this is what happens in the story. These are the NFTs that are in there. And then you would download it eventually using the Pele token. You would download the little file and you can send it to a creative team in the Pele network community. And then we turn it into a, a different piece of content, whether that is an animated little clip, whether that's a little 2D cartoon, which is what we're actually doing with this concept right now, whatever it might be, uh, we're working on these tools to make NFTs interactive while also kind of igniting that creative sense inside of the NFT holder. So yeah, everyone thinks of crypto as making money, buying something to flip it, uh, trade it at a profit. We're really not into that. And we, while we do want everyone to benefit and make money off of, you know, working with Pele Network, whether it's NFTs or the token or whatever it might be, it's extremely critical for us to ensure that our true prime motivation and intention is being carried out in everything which that we do, which is inspire creativity and people working together. So I think it goes without saying many people either listening to this, many people watching our YouTube channel, many people buying our NFTs have never actually had a proper experience expressing themselves creatively. And I've spoken about this with length, at length with uh, many people on our team and our society just does not promote creative thinking. It does not promote creative expression. It actually, in many cases, promotes, uh, you know, bottling it up and uh, not not letting it out in any way, shape or form. So we really want to help people take those first steps. We want to support those first steps to be taken 
to, yeah, get creative because it's fun to tell stories. We all watch movies. And how often do we get the opportunity to think, wait a minute, an idea I have, I, we can turn it into a reality. So this is already uh, happening with Polly, our teammate in the UK. He took the, he actually had the idea for the Pelicans and Friends NFT set. They're a bunch of Pelicans, get it? Not Pelicans, Pelicans. And they all have their own little unique personalities and characters. And we're starting to make other characters, other animals in the world. And they all escape from the Big Tube Zoo. Big Tube is the overarching villain of the Pelaverse multiverse. They escape from the zoo, led by Hunter S. Pelican. And he just is whipping out all these stories. And it's attracted an illustrator in Belarus, Natalia. And she's been illustrating these characters and the assets required for John, our little... I guess you could say production manager right now, he's slapping it all together into coherent little comic strips. And at some stage, we'd love to turn these into actual animated cartoons, uh, depending on the talent we attract. But point in case is that we're, we're using ideas created by the community to make universes. And that's really what this is all about. So... These NFTs help fund the project. Eventually, we'll have what's called a PFT to help, to help, I wouldn't say fund these projects, but to help engage audiences. And a PFT is called a project fund token. Imagine there's a limited supply of them and they're your ticket to NFT raffles. They're your ticket to buying NFTs. They could be your ticket to a VIP party. They could be your ticket to any kind of privileged opportunity, project fund tokens, these golden tickets. And that is something we're currently working on. I think I have a developer that said she's working on it. We'll see if that actually works out. I try to be as transparent as possible uh, in our weekly updates. Uh, it's very difficult as a creative type with, we have very limited funds. It's very difficult to find dedicated, dedicated developers, uh, especially right now during the cryptocurrency uh, hype. So we've been bootstrapping these little cartoons and we've been just really working hard to showcase our vision, which is for Pelly Network to be a hub that powers a decentralized global mass media, essentially, one fostering a new creative creator economy. This infrastructure will inspire a world full of stories created by the people and for the people in the spirit of cooperation. So to continue on with our little background, our early reception was we were mainly received by by the Zilliqa blockchain community, uh, the preliminary demographic, and we crafted an appropriate message to share that vision, which was decentralizing mass media. Because at the end of the day, that's really what this is about. There's there's different ways we can market uh, the slogan. There's different ways we can advertise what Pele Network is really about, but here in the beginning, we're all about engaging the cryptocurrency crowd because just by nature, that's kind of what cryptocurrency does, revolutionizes. So we were informally vetted and endorsed by the Zilliqa Core team in the same week of our launch, which was really cool. Uh, I call it Zilliqa Core. I don't know if they call it that, but by the Zilliqa team and uh, Sandra, the Zilliqa futurist and metaverse uh, I forget her title exactly. The NFT metaverse futurist of Zilliqa, I believe. She came on uh, an early 
an early episode of the Pelicast, and that kind of got our name out there. And Zillica has been really supportive to projects that support the creator economy. So I really like that. They've put, I feel like they've put a bunch of eggs in that basket. Some investors are upset about that. I don't really have an opinion, but we feel very supported inside Zillica from the perspective of Zillica. As far as being a part of a community again, where everyone's on social media tweeting and I don't know, personally, I'm not really into social media. I think it's toxic and as, as cool as communities can be in, in getting stuff done and getting each other excited and enthusiastic. I still am experiencing kind of the same waves of, I guess, just division and emotion and attacks uh, that happen on Twitter, no matter where you're at, no matter what's going on, happen on Facebook, happen on Instagram. And so, yeah, it's been cool being a part of Zillica. I wouldn't say it's been cool being a part of Zillica Twitter as much, even though, you know, nothing but nice things to say about everyone who's supported us and retweet us all the time. And that's been great. Zill Hive, which is, uh, uh, the grant department of Zillica also offered us a ten thousand, a fifteen thousand dollar integration grant, innovation grant, to develop our badge smart contract. The badges are are our way of of monitoring reputation. What what Pele Network is really about is not censoring or mo- moderating content itself, but moderating interactions. Uh, censoring interactions. So if you don't choose to interact with certain people that might have, you know, beliefs or values that are so different from yours, you just want nothing to do with it, then you would just set the appropriate filters using the badges that are attached to everyone's blockchain wallets. Uh, We're also, we're actually breaking ground on that this week after quite a few delays. So there will hopefully be more updates on that. And we'll actually have Cameron, the developer here on here to talk about it more. But in any case, we are known in the Zillica blockchain community. Uh, Most people have heard of us despite uh, very low token price at the moment and very low, I would say, enthusiasm by the general community, the people that understand what we're trying to do, the people that have kind of hopped in and saw, see what we're working on. They're all very supportive and very excited. So slowly but surely, we are building a community that really feels the vision. Uh, I'll give you an example. (laughs) Last night, someone learned, a whale, uh, learned that our liquidity provider rewards, which are generally 500,000 tokens every week, the whale, we have a limit now to 16% maximum of the tokens will be distributed to whales. So basically we distribute 500,000 tokens every week to anyone providing liquidity uh, of the Pele token. This has been a decentralized way of building a community. We've never had to sell a single token. Uh, it all happens on a what's called a decentralized exchange, an automated market maker, an automated market maker. Automated market maker, automated market maker <laughs> on zillswap.io. And basically we offer rewards as a thank you for everyone to provide liquidity. And so there is a whale providing uh, about uh, almost a quarter of all the liquidity and he received less rewards than he was expecting. And they asked, they asked, I say he, she, they, they asked me, 
uh, what's going on. And I explained, oh, well, we made the announcement last week. The rewards are capped at 16% because there's just these huge sell-offs. And so we want to mitigate against these whales stacking up on free tokens. You know, if you want to buy all the tokens, okay. But uh, stacking up on free tokens by providing liquidity and then just dumping in. Anyway, so sure enough, he dumped all, they dumped all the tokens. <laughs> uh last night and the price went down about 25 percent so this is kind of the nature of working with a very small project and uh yeah working with crypto people that are all just about making money it's all well and good but there are tokenomics to consider to keep a price somewhat stable so for that reason we're working on a staking contract and well we're not working on it but there are others in the Zilliqa ecosystem that will be providing that service hopefully soon. I don't know when, but we'll be jumping on it since we don't have the actual engineering resources to make it happen on our own. But basically staking would be you just lock up your tokens for a certain amount of time and you can't take them out for that time. But the longer you keep it in, the more APR you receive. And that basically keeps the, the price stable. And so we'll eventually be less and less liquidity providing rewards and more and more staking rewards. So there will be less of a risk for these massive sell-offs. The main point of the liquidity rewards are to get tokens out there, get tokens out there, get tokens out there. Very difficult to decentralized Lee, I guess, decentrally, decentrally distribute tokens without completely destroying any aspect of value that they had. Really cool times we live in, but not to say it's not somewhat stressful. Uh, it's definitely been cool to be able to have a bit of a budget to expand this project. And I'm hoping that can continue, which is why it's difficult to see the price sink 25%. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I kind of jumped on into token tokenomics without really introducing it. But I guess that's a good segue to explain a little bit about our tokenomics. You might be listening to this without a big clue as to what uh, tokenomics even means. Uh, but in the cryptocurrency space, tokenomics are basically the, the hard set rules about how, how our infrastructure works. So for example, we have a hard cap of tokens that can never be more, can never be less, 420 million 69 tokens. And that's it. There will never be more, never be less. Some would call that a deflationary currency. It's very unlike currencies like the US dollar or the Argentine peso, where they can just print more at will and then devalue everyone's money at the same time. This is what makes Bitcoin so valuable. They can't make more. Uh, we never had a pre-sale. As uh, you may have heard of ICOs back in the day, those were sales and they create uh, serious legal issues uh, in the current regulatory environment. So we never did anything like that. We never did a pre-sale. We had a bunch of friends put in some money to help make this happen. There was never actually any contracts, old school contract or uh, smart contract. We just we just did it, and we never did an actual like launch, big hype event. We just put uh, uh, some tokens with five hundred dollars into a liquidity pool on Zillswap which gave a price of half a cent to the token. And we just put them on there. And then soon that, that pool expanded, expanded, expanded from $500 to about a hundred thousand. 
And yeah, I think we upset some of the traders and whales who wanted to make a quick buck because we were keeping the price stable for as long as we could. And no one seemed to have read that announcement. Everyone's just got such an expectation of token projects these days that they don't do their due diligence. I remember in my day back in 2017, uh, I would read white papers I know most people I knew and respected read the white paper. We tried to get a grasp of the tokenomics before we blindly aped into a project. But I guess maybe I'm assuming too much of the general public that just wants to make a whole bunch of money. So we're in our beta phase right now where we're just playing with 25% of that total 420,069,000 tokens. And 10% of those tokens are going into the liquidity pool and the liquidity pool rewards, as explained earlier. If you don't know what a liquidity pool is, I uh, invite you to just search for it on Google. Uh, it's a bit difficult to explain without visuals and this video or this podcast is explicitly audio, but essentially you just put two, two assets inside a decentralized pool, inside a smart contract. And in our case, one asset is the Pele token, which is a low liquidity token. The other asset is Zilliqa, the Zill token, which is a higher liquidity token with a more or less stable value compared to compared to our token. So you put equal amounts of that inside and then anyone that wants to swap in and out of Zilliqa or Pele can do so via the liquidity pool. So it's called an automated market maker because you don't need to buy anything from any one person. You don't need to sell anything to any one person. There's just a pool of assets. The smart contract knows what share of that pool that you own. And then you receive a cut of the fees. And like we mentioned earlier, you also receive rewards for providing liquidity. So fresh, fresh, fresh new concepts, total, not even gray area of the law. It's just uh, the law doesn't work in this in this paradigm yet the regulations don't so we're trying to get this out there as soon as possible before the law has decided to work inside this paradigm uh, which is why you have the apr of about 150 percent when you provide liquidity with the pele token so uh the rest of that 25 percent of the beta phase tokens 10 percent goes to rewards for participating uh, in creative projects, for contributions, for referring content creators to using the network, et cetera. And the rest is a 5% treasury to fund development operations, content creation, and community development. That is what we've been using to fund everything thus far for the last few months. The lower the token price goes, the higher the price falls, the more the price falls every time we have to cash some out to pay the bills. So yeah, the whole point of tokenomics is to try to keep everything as balanced as possible with incentives, with with uh, I guess risks, you wanna have like counterbalances to rewards. Like why should they not just sell all their free tokens? Like it's a total free market, these decentralized exchanges. So you can't just expect people to go, oh, okay, I won't sell it, we won't do it, or put them under contract to do it. No, that's not how this works. Like uh, they, you own the token, you can do whatever you want with it. So it's beautiful. It's also, like I said, a bit risky and can be a bit, uh, stressful or frustrating at times trying to run the project. So meanwhile, another 50% of tokens are locked in an escrow. 
which we might eventually call bount call bounties instead of an escrow. But essentially, these will all be launched when we go live, when we have all the infrastructure necessary to be a completely decentralized entity, which is uh, you know our main goal is to become a completely decentralized network that doesn't rely on any one person or individual to get things done, but rather it's got everything it needs to create little pools of content creators and communities that fund themselves and the success of their projects and of their assets that they, that they create, uh, contribute to the success of the network itself. So the, that 50% of supply is, is stuck into their split into five different categories, which are, staking rewards, partners, community developers, and the initial contributors. And finally, the last 25% of the total supply will be locked in a decentralized treasury that's only accessible by the gold badges, the gold stars, the people that have contributed the most to each different category. They will have the final say in releasing funds from the treasury to go towards a certain project or to infrastructure or any kind of enhancement of the Pele network. The governance will work by first anyone with a Pele token could submit a proposal and vote on a proposal. And anything that succeeds by the greater community will then be accepted or vetoed by the second layer uh, called the DAO Council. And essentially the reason for that is because... You know, I, you know, I think one person, one vote is kind of an outdated scenario. I think quadratic voting is much more effective. Quadratic voting means, you know, if you have if you have one token and you get one vote, you could just buy a lot of tokens and have a, a lot of votes. Uh, but if you have a pool of votes per person and you can spread those votes around and if you want to buy more, it, they cost exponentially more. There's like a quadratic formula for a whale to get more votes. So if a whale wants to have more voting power, they're going to have to spend a lot more money than an average, an average holder. Because every time the whale wants to buy more votes, it's exponentially more expensive. So you could Google that as well if you're a math person. Quadratic voting is pretty cool. Uh, so we're not doing either of those. Uh, we may do quadratic voting for the Pele token proposals, but we our mechanism to offset any potential imbalance in the voting populations is to have a council of the of the strongest contributors of the of the people that have really made the network what it is, uh, the people that are continuing forward with the network, and they'll they'll make the final decisions. And this will once again also be decentralized based on the badges. So if you have the gold badge, you will automatically be able to vote yes or no on these approved proposals. The idea is to make that a very diverse group of individuals who are doing that voting. So it's not just the same little filter bubble and tunnel vision making the votes. So we still can bring in different kinds of ideas and talent into the ecosystem. So that is a, a brief introduction to what's going on with Pele Network, where we come from, what we believe in, how we intend to get our vision off the ground. And this podcast will give you glimpses into the different types of topics we find relevant to the conversation. Anything from community to media, to cryptocurrency, to the law, to programming and engineering and anything like that. So 
any kind of guest recommendation is welcome and will be rewarded. And I want to talk to just about anyone. And I can't stress enough that we have to do this together. We can't rely on uh, just one group of people or one company or one billionaire to make the differences we need to see in the world. We, we really do have to do it together. And so we, we hope we can provide as many different options as possible for anyone to participate just a little so they can be making their contribution. And hopefully within the next few months, we'll be, we'll be seeing some of those tools come to life and you'll have a chance to participate. So thank you for listening this far and check out more on Pele.network. We have a blog, a medium blog. You can find that at blog.pele.network. And I think from there, you'll be able to find everything else you need. Bye. I love it.